On today's episode of Unexpected Hauntings, we go over the hauntings and the history of the Ohio State Reformatory. We also have a write-in story that seems very spooky to the bone, and we go over a house that seems to be occupied by a demon. More coming up for you on today's episode of Unexpected Hauntings. Listen if you dare, as we unfold stories of unexplained happenings and phenomena. Write in at unexpectedhaunting739 at gmail.com. This is where the unexpected and ghost stories are brought into reality. This is Unexpected Haunting. That's right, everyone. Welcome in to another episode of Unexpected Hauntings. We have some crazy and wild stories for you. We actually have a write-in story I'm really, really excited to share with all of you. And we're going to be talking about the history and hauntings of some locations. Um, some of these locations I've actually gone pretty far into. Uh, one of them is a reformatory. If you guys don't know what a reformatory is, it's basically was a school for boys where they were taught religious views. They were taught um, a trade of some sort for job, and then they had living and lounging there as well. Um, and actually, and it's interesting, with the Ohio State Reformatory, they actually changed it over to a jail um, prison as well. So, very interesting story behind that. Very, very haunted. It's to the top, to the top fifth biggest castle-like structure in the U.S. So, I'm really excited to go into that. Um, we also have a story about the Bel Air House, um, and it seems to be occupied by a demon. Um, so, that's pretty crazy right there within itself. Um, haven't really gone into the depth with that yet, but I thought it'd be interesting to dive into the history of that. I'm a big history buff, so I love history, um, just in general. So add that in with, with, uh, hauntings and the paranormal and you got yourself a story, right? Um, and it's, you know, very interesting. This, so this write-in as well is really, really, really well, uh, typed and written up. I can't wait to, to, uh, to share this. Um, and, uh, Jenna, thank you so much for writing in. I really, really, really appreciate that. If you guys would like to write into unexpected hauntings and share your experiences, that's what this podcast is mostly about. Um, just write in unexpected hauntings, seven, three, nine at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. It'd be awesome. And if you feel as comfortable enough to do this, you can also send in a media file of yourself telling the story yourself. If you feel like you would like to tell the story that there is definitely power behind that. If you'd like to do that, um, 
but uh, I'm hoping that everyone is doing well. I know that we did skip a episode of Unexpected Hauntings. Just life kind of got in the way and wasn't able to do this. Um, as of right now, I, it's just me doing the podcast. So, um, you know, just uh, thank you so much for your patience. I appreciate that. We're going to try and be as consistent as could be on every Friday for a new episode. But I'm really excited to bring these stories to you today. Um, and uh, hopefully we'll have some people come on and um, share some of their stories and all of that good stuff. Um, so thank you again for tuning in to Unexpected Hauntings. Again, if you have any input on any of the stories or if you just like to share yours, unexpectedhauntings739 at gmail.com. That is a safe place where you can share all of your stories. Um, you know, for not whether whether it be ghosts, whether it be aliens, UFOs, Sasquatch, Bigfoot, whatever it be, we love to hear those stories. Uh, just all of the unexpected happenings. That is what this podcast is all about: is sharing your stories, and um, you know, having this as a safe place to share your stories as well. So, I think with that being said, we're going to go ahead and we're going to go into the first story. I might have to zoom in a little bit in on this. I'm using the uh, using the big monitor for this, so I'm probably going to zoom in a little bit. Um, and uh, we're going to go into the story. It doesn't have a direct title to it, so I'm really excited to see what the story has to offer. Anyways, let's go ahead and dive into the story. Seems like a pretty recent story, and I would love to share it with you guys. Here we go. This is a write-in from Jenna. Thank you so much for writing in. In spring of 2021, my family and his life would be greatly changed. My son, who was born in 2020 was roughly two. His name is Henry, and he has struggled with sleeping at night ever since he was an infant. I thought that it was just his age, and he'd grow out of it. It started to get to a point where he was having night terrors. The night terrors were getting worse and worse. One night, Henry got up and came running into my room and collapsed onto my floor without saying a word. I threw the covers off of me and rushed to him. He was unresponsive for a few seconds, but came to very confused and scared. The next day, I made doctor's appointments and had countless tests done at the hospital, thinking that there was something wrong. All of the tests came back normal, and we were left with no answers. At this point, my family and I were starting to think Henry's night-walking are linked to spiritual activity. Henry started to point and spoke at seemingly nothing during the day. We weren't really sure what to do and if we even believed what was going on until the incident. It was a Wednesday, just like any other day. My friend was over late at night and was helping me put the kids to bed. I finally got Henry to sleep after what seemed like forever. I came out of his room to find my friend couldn't get my daughter to sleep. She waits out in the 
landing between the kids' bedroom and doors, and I go to put her to sleep. I come out to her room to a disgusting look on my friend's face. I asked her, what's going on? And she replied to me, I think Henry's awake. I can hear him walking around this room. The floorboards are creaking. I nervously go into his room and see that he is fast asleep and hasn't moved since I left him. I'm not sure what came over me, but I was angry and scared. And I said out loud into the darkness in my room's, my son's room, if there's a ghost in here, you leave my son alone. He's just a little boy. I walk out, shut his door, and my friends and I go downstairs to the rest of the evening. My friend goes home and I head to bed. I'm awoken around two, terrified. I try my best to calm Henry down, but he's so worked up that he can't hear me or let me get close to him. I turn on all the lights, not knowing what else I can do. Henry's screams wake up his father and sister, and Henry calms a little and follows his father to the bathroom. And I go to Isla's room to try and comfort her back to sleep. While I am in Isla's room, I hear my husband very quickly stomp down the stairs with Henry. I thought he was talking. I thought he was taking Henry downstairs so it would be easier to get Isla back to bed as Henry was still crying somewhat. But I hear Henry screaming down from downstairs and I panic. Never have heard that sound come from him. I run down the stairs almost falling to find Henry standing in the living room in pitch darkness, pointing into the kitchen, screaming. I call for my husband several times before he finally answers me back. I realize that he was still upstairs in the bathroom and never went downstairs. Something had picked Henry up and carried him down the stairs. Those footsteps were quick, heavy thuds that could not have been made by a two-year-old child. We all slept in the same bed that night. I got in contact with a known medium from our area. A few days later, who said Henry has special gifts that make him a beacon for the undead. She also said that there was one spirit who had been harassing Henry and that she, wouldn't, she would banish it with the help of her spirit guides. Henry has not had a terrifying episode like that ever since. Our house still has spiritual activity like disembodied voices, knocks, flickering lights, toys that go off or on their own. And I've been I've also been touched. But it does not seem to have negative intentions and Henry is doing well with sleeping tonight. I was never as scared in my life as I was that Wednesday night.
All right, so um, that's a pretty haunting story. Hearing thuds on the floor, holy shit. Um, <laughs> that's all I got to say about that story. Um, what an interesting encounter, and I seriously wonder if um, if you know your if your kid still has haunting nightmares like that. Um, that is very very interesting to even think of uh, a spirit physically picking someone up, taking them downstairs. Um, that is crazy to even know that that wasn't even her husband. I guess that picked up her son and brought her down there. Um, yeah, that is definitely, definitely demonic. I would have to say, I don't think a, f a friendly spirit would pick someone up and take them downstairs. Um, and you know, if I was them, if I were them and if they were touching my kid like that would definitely see about moving out. Um, <laughs> That is a very, very creepy story. Jenna, thank you so much for writing into Unexpected Hauntings. I really appreciate that write in. Um, very interesting. I know that a lot of uh, a lot of people have those types of abilities where you can talk to the undead and um, you have that spiritual gift, if you will, um, to do that. Um, and uh, I'm really glad that you got a hold of a medium. That's that's great, but definitely bless that house if you ha if they haven't already, um, because if that escalates, I mean that's just the beginning event of it all. If that's just the beginning event of it all, then I would have to say it could get worse. Um, and I hope that it doesn't. But that's why I would definitely recommend getting that house blessed. Mm. Um, for sure, because you definitely don't want anything demonic around the kids by all means. Um, it's just a big red flag. So I'm, I'm hoping that everything is okay with that. I'm hoping that everything is all right. Um, if you'd like to update me on what's going on, that would be awesome. Um, just, you know, shoot another email at unexpectedhauntings739 at gmail.com. And if you have any more stories you'd like to share, that would be amazing um and that's easy as that my friends seriously all you gotta do just write into unexpected hauntings and we love getting write-ins we love sharing those stories um it is so great and you know of course the spooky season is coming up so perfect timing to share your stories right i mean i didn't even believe in the ghost until i had a, a an encounter uh my senior year of high school so i mean it's you know had a lot of doubt I know that a lot of people have a lot of doubt and a lot of suspicion about is the paranormal real. I had that. Um, I was definitely a doubter of the paranormal until I experienced it myself. Uh, so that's very understanding. I know a lot of people have doubts, but I definitely believe in the story. Definitely um, take caution of what's going on. And uh, if I were you, I would document what's going on. Um, in the house and kind of see what might aggravate it because if you do have to have someone come and bless the house they're going to need proof right 
they're going to need evidential proof. I was actually reading uh, a book with Ed and Lorraine Warren uh, stories in it, and uh, it went it goes deep into um, into demonic possession, and it goes it goes into um, into all of the all of the things of blessing a house and everything, and so it goes into uh, basically all the proof that you have to have to bless a house. So if it goes down to that, please definitely document what's going on, um, and uh, would definitely find out what aggravates it, and don't aggravate the spirits. Um, I know that a lot of people tend to do that, um, but don't aggravate the spirits whatever you do um definitely teach you know have some respect for them i know that they might scare you but to be honest with you most spirits out there if they're not demonic they're more scared of you than you are of them um so you know just take that with a grain of salt you know um (laughs) no pun no pun intended right um but anyways um here we go. We're going to go ahead and we're going to skip. We're going to go to the Ohio State Reformatory. That's what our whole episode is mostly about. Um, really excited about this. They actually just changed the name not too long ago. Um, and, you know, it's the haunted prison, right? The haunted prison. Uh, and it was a boys school to begin with. So here we go. We're going to talk a little bit about it. Before we dive into the history and the hauntings of the Ohio State Reformatory. Here we go. Among the top five castle-like structures in the USA, the Ohio State Reformatory has the world's tallest steel construction. But this prison offers much more than these records with paranormal events. Being a top pick in the menu... It offers. Visitors have reported hearing voices, footsteps, seeing apparitions, and even getting touched often in a violent way. And here we go. We're going to dive into the Ohio State Reformatory. The history of the Ohio State Reformatory started in 1862, and the site in which the reformatory got constructed was used as a training camp for Civil War soldiers. The camp was called Camp Mordecai Bartley in honor of the Mansfield guy who served as Ohio governor in the 1840s. In 1867, Mansfield was decided to be the place for a new intermediate jail. The city raised $10,000 to buy 30 acres of land for the jail, and the state bought 150 acres of adjacent land for $20,000, with the expenditure of the property being $1,326,000. Seven hundred sixty-nine dollars. The Ohio State Reformatory was meant to be a midway factor between the Boys Industrious School in Lancaster and the State Penitentiary in Columbus. 
and was supposed to hold young first-time offenders. Construction started out in 1886, and the property was under construction till 1910 due to troubles with funding which caused construction delays. The real architect for the layout was Levi T. Schofield from Cleveland. He used three styles, which are Victorian Gothic, Richardsonian, Roman, and Queen Anne. Schofield designed the jail with these particular styles to assist inmates to emerge as returned spiritual people. A well-known architect, F.F. Schneitzer, was entrusted with the construction of the building. In 1891, the name became modified from Intermediate Penitentiary to Ohio State Reformatory. On September 15, 1896, the prison opened its doors to its first 150 inmates. These prisoners were put right away to work at the sewer system and the 25-foot stone wall surrounding the construction. Snyder got awarded a silver double inkwell by the governor of the state in a lavish ceremony to recognize his service. In 1935, Arthur Lewis Glatz became the superintendent and his tenure lasted till 1959. He implemented many reforms, which included radio-to-cell blocks. Gleck's wife, Helen Bauer, died of pneumonia three days following an incident in November 1950 where a handgun shot her while she was trying to reach out into a jewelry box. Gleck met his demise due to a heart attack, and he suffered in his office on February 10th, 1959. Later, over 200 died at the OSR, which includes guards who got killed during the escape attempts. Here are some of the paranormal occurrences. During its operation, which was for almost a century, the Ohio State Reformatory had 154,000 inmates go through its doorways. Although not everyone got out of it alive, sickness, suicide, murder, and other ways rampaged the prison, taking the lives of the 215 inmates whose corpses are buried in the prison's cemetery. Although the real death count of the building is said to be a lot more, various spirits are stated to have been present in the reformatory reformatory, and remained even after its closure. The ones to visit regularly document listening to disembodied voices, footsteps, seeing apparitions or shadow figures, or even being touched whether or not just a snatch or brush at times in much more violent way. One of the regions that have baffled investigators uh, for decades is 
the chair room. This is a small room in the admin building and the only room with the structure to include no windows. Some speculate that it got used to darkish activities as violent paranormal events are said to be experienced there. Some who sat on the chair have pronounced to be groped or even scratched by an invisible entity. Others have even documented feeling the chair shake under them. Another location said to be paranormally active is the West Wing Attic. This is a place where many prisoners with violent backgrounds were housed because of the overcrowding. Since the attic wasn't made with cells, the prisoners were housed in more of a dormitory style, leading to a variety of unruly behavior. Many others have additionally mentioned hearing and sighting paranormal things within the east cell block and underground solitary confinement cells, also known as the hole. This is an area where guards and prisoners got murdered and some even committed suicide. The Mansfield Reformatory Preservation Society is presently operating to repair and restore the structure to its actual condition. Restorations encompass the elimination of dust and debris, changing roofing, and full restoration of the warden's quarters. In addition to the full restoration of the central guard room between the east and west cell blocks. The restorations are being funded via donations and tours. The windows of the south, south side east cell block were replaced, and all the stained glass windows on the buildings were in course of being replaced. During the Halloween season, the facility hosts a haunted house via Blood Prison. The Ohio State Reformatory gives ghost tours along with ordinary daytime tours. They provide public ghost hunts for casual ghost hunters, provide ghost hunts for, for experienced ghost hunters, ghost walks for kids who are 13 or more, ghost hunt training for kids who are 13 or more, and special ghost hunt events. So, the Ohio State Reformatory. Um, so, it sounds like, of course, it was, you know, founded for the Civil War soldiers at the beginning. That's interesting. I did not quite know that. Um, and that it worked partly as a prison and partly as a children's school. Um, that just kind of, that definitely makes it creepy. Um for sure but what's really creepy is they have the number count of all the prisoners that have died but this is not completely accurate as we read uh so that makes me wonder how many actual deaths happened in the ohio state reformatory um 
And of course, there's probably hangings in there. Uh, probably the sickness was due to uh, basically if someone got something in there, then the whole you know prison probably got it because they were so close. Um, and if you want, I can actually share some pictures um, on the socials of the cells. Actually, if you can picture it, um, I don't know if you saw uh, Shawshank Redemption. The movie was actually filmed in this place, in the Ohio State Reformatory. Um, so if that kind of paints you a picture of how big the place is, um, it's definitely, you know, it has one of the biggest prison structures uh, around in the U.S. So, um, you know, just picture huge standing, um, huge, like, cells, you know, on top of each other kind of deal. Um, it's very interesting how how they had all their prisoners together in there. Um very interesting stuff. I would love to go and actually see this for myself. It looks like they're open to um, to have groups of people in there go and investigate um, at night. That would be really, really, really cool to be able to do. Um, but yeah, if you have any questions or any, any um, you know, possible any or any events uh, sort of like this, that you know you probably went to a location and you're like oh this this kind of like popped up in my head of like what happened or if you actually went to the ohio state reformatory to kind of like um to go and check it out for yourself please do write in uh to unexpected hauntings 739 at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you um we're just you know seriously just one uh click away you know just type that in send easy as that we'll share the story for you right here and it will be aired on the nearest episode that we do anyways here we go we're gonna go and change gears just a bit we're gonna go to the bel-air house and it is entitled the house of a demon if that does not fucking give you the chills then i don't know what does here we go we're going to talk a little bit about it just like we did with the ohio state reformatory and then we're going to go right into the history and the hauntings here we go as if just being haunted was not enough the Bel Air house is also said to be the residence of a demon and a portal to the realm of the dead. It is said that Edwin, the previous owner of the house, pushed the kid of one of his servants out of the window in the attic as she had a powerful bloodline that would lure a specific demon inside of the house. He strongly believed that this demon would help him commune with his sister's spirit. But after the incident, three other people died in a similar fashion by jumping out of the window and the attic very mysteriously. 
Here we go with the history of the Belair House. Stay tuned. The paranormal tales surrounding the Bel Air House are not new. In fact, it dates back to the early 20th century. There had been certain events that brought about the hauntings of Bel Air House. It's simply abnormal due to the fact when you see the Bel Air House, the primary thought that you get is that it's an innocent looking residence that sits on top of a cursed coal mine. However, if you enter the house, you'll come to witness that the house belongs to a horror movie. The house had tales of the supernatural even during the years when it was sitting abandoned. People from the neighborhood claimed to sight figures roaming around within the house or peeking out of the windows. These were reported when the house was inhabited. The Belair House is situated close to the banks of the Ohio River. This is the land where in the French and Indian War took place from 1754 to 1763. The house is on a ley line, meaning there is consistent paranormal energy encompassing the house. The Belair House is also believed to be haunted due to a coal mine explosion that took place within the Ohio Valley in 1893, where 42 men died in the explosion, and it took days to find their bodies. Here's the history. A humble man with a good reputation named Jacob Hetherington owned all the coal mines within the Ohio Valley. He additionally worked within the mines along with his employees and his pal Jack, a mule. Jacob married a charming lady named Eliza Armstrong. This humble man was not just the authentic owner of the Bel Air house, but also Bel Air himself. In March 1893, it was widely said that the Harrington coal mines at Bel Air were to be deserted after the explosion. The operators had spent $8,000 in a try to put the fire out and included and concluded that no more efforts will be made. This explosion happened in coal mine number one, and the frightening part is that the Bel Air residence is located on top of coal mine number one. In 1847, Jacob Hetherington built the Bel Air house near the Shawnee burial caves. Because of the house's location, it is believed to serve as a portal to the realm of the spirits. Also, in 1754, the French and Indian conflict ran riots throughout Bel Air. The bloodshed still stains Bel Air. Also, it is believed that the place this house is located on was used by Native Americans to perform occult rituals. After Jacob, Alex Hetherington inherited the fortunes, but the business started to fail due to Alex's strange state. 
He reported seeing demons and claimed that they tried to kill him and also had sporadic seizures. People believed that he was haunted and cursed by the spirits of the people who died and the coal mine explosions. Alex was put into a mental asylum and the property moved into the hands of his daughter, Lyd Lid. After a few years, even she died inside the house itself. After her death, Edwin tried all he could to commune with the spirits of his sister with the help of multiple occult rituals. It is believed that these rituals made this house a portal to the realm of the dead. Here are some of the paranormal occurrences. It is said that the kid of one of Edwin's servants was pushed out of the window in the attic as she had a powerful bloodline that would lure a specific demon inside the house. He strongly believed that the demon would help him commune with his sister's spirit. But after that incident, three other people died in a similar fashion by jumping out of the window in that attic. After the house's abandonment, neighbors state started to report seeing apparitions in the window of the house. The house then went into the possession of Kristen Lee, and she moved into the house with her family. Kristen reported making contact with multiple malicious spirits and documented the terrific experiences she had. Because of multiple terrible experiences, she eventually had to move out of the house. The house is said to be haunted by multiple spirits, with Emily Davis being the most prominent one. Some say that she is a little girl, while others say she is a disconcerting demon who hides in the identity of a little girl. This entity is often spotted inside of the attic. Paranormal activity is never in short inside the house with visitors reporting hearing voices and footsteps and seeing phantoms and shadow figures poltergeist activity has also been reported inside the house with visitors being physically attacked and scratched by the unknown Belair House is now open to the paranormal and paranormal investigators, and it can be rented from their official website. Kristen, who is the current owner, still hosts the place and shares the creepy encounters she had inside the house. So if you're brave enough, try paying it a visit once in a while. All right, so that is the Bel Air House. Dun dun dun. Um, sounds like this place is of you know roses and daisies, right? Um, 
<laughs> I would not step foot in that attic. I'm just saying. Um, I already have a fear of the basement of the attic. Uh, it's just a, an eerie feeling just being up in the attic and basement. I don't know about you, but being in the dark and being in the basement or attic, I always felt like something was behind me. Even as a kid, I would always have that feeling of going up the stairs in the dark, you know, going up the stairs from the basement in the dark, always having that feeling of someone being behind me. So I would rush, I would rush and run up those stairs um, so I can't even imagine being up in the attic and doing that. But, you know, I mean, I could see some uh, daredevils out there, you know, saying, hey, spend the spend the night up in the attic and see what you get. Um, as, you know, we've heard in our previous stories of being pushed out of there, um, that has a very, very dark sense of physicality to it as well if you can actually get pushed out of the attic by a ghost um and by a just ghostly encounter uh if you will um definitely would take heed and caution for this place as well interesting that these both place take place in ohio so apparently i guess ohio is is pretty haunted as fuck too um <laughs> Looks like I need to take a road trip up to Ohio and check these places out. Um, probably not stay the night in there, but, you know, just to take a picture of them. Just, just you know, to say that I've been there, you know. Say that we've been there, cross that off the list. Um, maybe walk in there during daytime. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, that's a horrific story, to say the least. Some of these are actually, um, they're actually published through Reddit, um, called horrific hauntings. And I get them in the emails from time to time. And I'm like, Ooh, this would be a great story to share with you guys. Um, the demonic, demonic house has kind of popped out to me. I love haunted stories like this. I would not personally like to come in contact with them, but it's interesting to know, um, <laughs> It's a very interesting thing to come up with, but it's very true, right? You hear demonic stories and you're just like, oh, you're currently drawn to it because it's entertaining, right? It's entertaining to the brain, um, then the psychological part of your brain, I think, as well. Um, we just like that. We're kind of drawn to it, but we definitely don't want to experience that on a personal level. But anyways, I think that that's going to wrap it up for tonight's episode or today's episode, wherever your time zones may be. Um, thank you so very much for being here. From Ben to Unexpected Hauntings, thank you so much for being here. And I hope to hear from you guys on our email, unexpectedhauntings739 at gmail.com. Just write in the story there. That would be amazing. And as always, stay spooky listeners. <laughs>